Hello, and welcome back to the Sunday Slate. Happy week three, my people. Airs Bears, how the hell are you? Week three, baby. Hey, you can't be much more wrong than we have been the last two weeks. So mm -hmm. we're changing it up, baby. We, we were right on a couple things. We're wrong on a couple things. But hey, that's what, that's what week three is all about, right? Get your... Get your stuff refined. Get ready to put some good takes out there, and, and maybe win a couple bets for. If us. you've been if you've been betting us on on straights, if you've taken our our top six picks from both week one and week two, you're betting five hundred right now. We're at fifty percent. You know, let's get those numbers up. Let's get to 54 percent this week, and uh, you know, then we we're looking we're looking a hell of a lot better heading into week four than we were heading into week two. And I've been doing a lot of thinking this week, Ayers. I so I, I wrote a little article. I, I do a Thursday column on Arrowhead Addict, and it's titled Thursday Thoughts. And it's just what's really pressing this week. This week's Thursday Thoughts were based around what does a two and and0 record for the Chiefs really mean? Last year, the Chiefs started the season three and four and hosted their fourth straight AFC championship game. We're through two weeks, and all that's happening here in these first three, five, seven fucking weeks is that teams are establishing their identity. They're working through miscommunications. They're finding out who they are, and they're seeing what they're going to present to the rest of the league for the time of the season that really matters. Here at the Sunday Slate, we're through two weeks. We're 50%. We're finding our identity. We're starting to feel the vibes that we need to feel this year. It's been a crazy first two weeks of the NFL season, and this ship's going to sail just fine. Yeah, we could be 0-2. You know, but we lick our wounds at one and one, and we're here for the best week yet. Exactly, exactly. And with that said, let's just dive right in. Dive right in, baby. We got a quick slate. We're opening up. We're opening up in New England with the Ravens visiting the Patriots as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Pats are plus 120 on the money line at home, not something we're used to seeing in the last 20 years. Over-under is 45. My only thoughts about this football game, because I am convinced that the Patriots stink, my only thoughts are that the Ravens got a little bit of red ass after last week against – They have to. I mean, uh, those Dolphins, that comeback was crazy. Yeah. No, the Dolphins, the Dolphins are one of those teams, you know. What's their identity and, and will they be able to adjust when defenses adjust? One thing, speaking of adjusting, uh, Mac is not adjusting very well with Josh McDaniels being in Vegas and not New England. Uh, and yeah. so, you know, you've got a pretty chapped Ravens team, but a, a pretty chapped and inspired Patriots team as well. This is a classic matchup. Uh, typically in these types of matchups, I side with the better players. And, you know, as far as the better, the best player in this game, it's Lamar Jackson. And I'll, I'll take the Ravens, but it's a game that I want to stay away from. If it was snowing in New England today, I'd be all over the Pats with the points. Oh. But oh. it's not. It is – not even October yet. So right. I like Ravens. I like Ravens covering two and a half. I think this is a five or seven point game. Um, yeah. Ravens get back on track here. Defense looks a lot more lively than it did last week. Right. And speaking of those Dolphins, let's just get the elephant in the room addressed. This is a fun one. 
Bills at Dolphins, Dolphins at home, plus four and a half, plus 190 on the money line, over under 54 and a half. It's week three and this shit's already going down. Now, remember what I just said about this early in the season. What does it all mean? How does how good does a team being in week yeah. two or three really mean to the long run? It means fucking nothing. But this game has fireworks written all over it. Now, here's what we really have to pay attention to. First and foremost, the Bills are beat to shit. Micah Hyde was just announced yesterday is out for the season. We got two rookie cornerbacks playing. They're going to be lined up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, each of which who had over 38 points in fantasy last week and ran the comeback with Tua on on the Ravens. So we're going to get to see the points from the Dolphins again, whether it's like flashy from the gates or, or they have a second half adjustment like they did last week. All of that said, the Bills are going to hang. What do you actually – what does your gut tell you about this one, Bears? My gut tells me that these are two teams that uh, are best suited to just have a drive be done in about two to three plays. And so take the over. Uh, very exciting. You know, obviously with the with the injuries going for the the Bills, um, mostly on, de- on the defensive side, especially with defensive leaders in that DB room. Uh, and, and a scary, scary injury last year with – or last week with Dane Jackson – yeah, uh, it, it makes it a little bit interesting. It makes it a little bit, you know, more even where you've got a budding team in the Dolphins and a more established. I mean, they look like world beaters in the Buffalo Bills right now. The the biggest thing of this game is, uh, you know, what what how good can the Bills look? And is this going to get boring? Is this going to get pretty boring? And they're just dominant because that's how good they look right now. And would love to see them put the Dolphins in their place. Um, the Bills are a machine. They do. They pick up right where they left off, and they look ready to kind of stomp the yard uh, throughout the, the regular season and then actually get to cooking in the postseason. Okay, so did you see the, the one crazy stat that circulated this week about the, the Dolphins it, since 2021 against quarterbacks with an O in their name? Since 2021, the Miami Dolphins are undefeated against quarterbacks who have the letter O in their last name, and they have not won a game against somebody that does not. So, like, Josh Allen has beat them three times. And I just feel like that goes away this week. Put the juju bullshit behind. It's week three. The Dolphins are hot. I'm riding the fucking Dolphins. I like the Dolphins' money line plus 190 at home. I think that's great value. I think that they're a team that feels as this, like, all of the offseason hype and everything about, you know, smooching McDaniels and two is the best and yada, yada, yada. Been beating this drum now since week fucking one. But all of this stuff and they come out of the gate hot. They're feeling themselves. They're feeling themselves. They're playing in front of the home crowd and energized Miami. And you get the bills. You get the bully. You get the big dog in town and you knock them down week three. That's a wave that you're riding. And it's gonna it's gonna get really high and it's gonna crash really hard eventually because the Bills are still the king in this division, the AFC East. But I really like the Dolphins today. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. It's one that I'm definitely gonna be watching. Uh, real tight game because the Dolphins have looked just as dominant, uh, or at least able to be dominant. Competent, with yeah, bought, yeah, with what they bought into this offseason. So if you're a Dolphins fan, you've got to be excited. I don't think anybody was taking you guys seriously, even with Tyreek. Uh, mainly with Tua. Yeah, and then you get some, you know, McDaniel slander going around, the TL. It's just, you know, I don't think they got as much respect as they deserved. But, 
I'm just, I'm more of a regression to the mean type guy. I think mm-hmm. they can only sail so, so high and, and so, so for so long. Uh, they're flying a little too close to the sun for me. Josh Allen's a different man. You can't get him out of this week? You like the Bills? I like the Bills. Okay, that's the big dick pick of the week then. Ayers has the Bears. Ayers, Ayers Bears has the Bills, and Prox got the, the Fins. So that'll be fun. We'll throw down a little side wager on that between us. It's staying <laughs> out. It's staying off of the week's picks because we have to be unanimous here. But that is the game of the week, far and away. Far and away. That should have been flexed. But that's the biggest loss of the week, right? That's if that's if that's under the bright lights on Sunday Night Football, that's electric, and it's not. So we get robbed a little bit. But frankly, the morning slate here doesn't have all that much. Like like we said, Ravens Pats will be a fun game. This next one coming up, Saints at Panthers, the Who Gives a Fuck of the Week game, Chiefs at Colts is fun. Well, if you're an Eagles like, fan, if you're an Eagles fan, you're rooting hardcore for the Panthers. We need that that draft pick being as high as can be yeah. last year. Yeah. So, okay. So here we are. Panthers are two and a half point dogs at home plus plus one fourteen on the money line. 41 and a half is the total. Yeah. I, as much as I want to root for the Panthers and I want the Panthers to win, the saints are good. I think Saints are good. The saints are good. You know, it's, it's another one of those things where they may not be getting as much respect as they deserve. Uh, When you talk about leadership, you got Tyron Matthew on the defensive side of the ball. You've got Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, you know, Chris Olave, and a couple of good guys up front on the offensive line. Um, they're a team that, you know, they're not very unconventional team. Uh, Dennis Allen, probably not everybody's first one. How many picks that. did Jameis throw last week? Three in uh, crunch time, five total? Quite a bit, yeah, quite a bit. But But the Saints will always find themselves in games, and that's the thing is that you can never write them off. Um, they're going to play good football, but it's going to be average, and 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 they're going to find themselves in games just like with the Buccaneers, where you don't feel like they should be in this game at all. Right. Um, they're in it, you know. You get that Tom Brady effect, just like we had, we called that last week. We said that game was going to be tighter than it should, and then Tom Brady would pull away. Granted, it was the defense that did it for right. him, but that was the story of that game. Um, so here, honestly, I mean, there was a couple of towards the end of last week. Uh, in the Panthers game against the Giants, which was basically Saquon Barkley versus Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey in the fourth quarter, like the juice is all the way there. He looks like the guy that we know and expect. And with that and that receiving stable that you just laid out and Jameis coming off of a bad week in a year where he's trying to prove that he's more than that, I really like over 41 and a half here in Carolina today. A hundred percent. I think I think that's the that's the thing here is you've got a ton of uh, guys on both sides of the ball for both teams really trying to establish themselves either on the depth chart in their own respective teams uh, or in their careers. And so, you know, a lot of dudes that are personally, individually invested, not that anybody else would not be. But, you know, when you've got a lot of context and, and history behind players like Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Tyron Matthew, Michael Tom. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of guys that have something to prove uh, with these two ball clubs. And so um, with that being said, it should be interesting, but not a, not a, not a, not a game I'm wanting to touch because of the close margin of error and um, just not knowing enough about these two teams. Yeah. So speaking of not knowing enough about two teams, the chiefs who are really fucking good are in Indianapolis playing the Colts who do not look really fucking good, but they should be way fucking better. Yeah. So 
Chiefs are four and a half point favorites on the road. Over under is 51 and a half. People are screaming from the, the rafters that this is a trap game for the Chiefs. So here's a couple of quick numbers. The the Colts, who are 0-1-1 against division rivals who stink in the Texans and the Jaguars, have allowed 71 total points to the opposition in 0-1-1 record games here, and the Chiefs have scored 75. They're the second high, second most efficient offense, the second highest scoring offense in football right now. A different kind of hurt is coming to the Colts today from Kansas City. Shaq Leonard is out. Bernard Raymond is out. So you're missing yeah. a tackle. You're missing your defensive guy. You're missing your captain on the defensive side of the ball. I'm looking for a Clyde Edwards-Alaire vintage game. I'm looking for the Patrick Mahomes MVP train to hit the ground running in Indianapolis today. Can we confirm that Shaq Leonard's Darius Leonard? That is the same man. And okay. apparently, I don't know what the whole thing is. I know his his name is Shaquille. It's Shaquille Darius Leonard. Yeah. And he went by Darius in college. So I don't know. Shaq Leonard sounds way fucking doper than Darius. Either way, he's he's the maniac. But I I mean, I don't know, man. I don't I don't have good vibes from the Colts at all right now. People want to talk about maybe JT has a big day. This defensive line is gonna feast against a underperforming and now understaffed offensive line and then nick bolton versus jonathan taylor is going to be my favorite matchup of the day across the entire morning slate in that the last time that we saw nick bolton against a truly dominant running back it was derrick henry and he managed him so this chief's defense is fucking for real this chief's offense is as advertised patrick mahomes has thrown touchdowns to six different receivers juju mvs and sky Moore are yet to find the end zone this team's for real yeah, no, this team I, has the ability to outwill the Chargers on Thursday night football and just scrap away an ugly win. The Colts yeah. suck right now. Don't overthink this. Chiefs minus four and a half is a lock. Absolutely. I'm taking the spread every every which way. Uh, if you're the Colts, you're hitting panic mode because you definitely have played some games that you should have won so far this year. Puts you in a bad position against a team like the Chiefs. Uh, while the Colts, you know, try their best to win a must-win game, uh, probably to them. Um, Frank Reich comes from the tree. He, you know, he, he's a guy that is a championship coach, and you've got guys like Matt Ryan and, and Jonathan Taylor. But uh, we've talked at nauseum about the Chiefs offseason and how the Chiefs, uh, if you look and pay attention to a lot of their personnel moves on the defensive side of the ball, uh, it, it was a lot of beef up front. You know, you got adding guys like Leo Chanel to add to guys like Nick Bolton, uh, to help stop the run. And, and if that front seven uh, is, is really strong and then you've got ultra athletic linebackers like Nick Bolton, you know, even when they deploy Naeem Hines, who's one of the best third down, uh, third down backs in the league, they're, they're not going to get as much as, as they're going to want to get, uh, given the chiefs stout defense and, and dominant offense. I think the chiefs uh, are still scratching the surface of what their identity is now. Uh, in the post Tyreek Hill era. And so you're going to see the Chiefs try some stuff out with the Colts, but really stick to the script as far as controlling the game, uh, having the better players and and offensively scoring the most points pretty easily. And with that negative five is what I see, but at any point, negative four and a half, you said? Yeah, minus four and a half on FanDuel. Minus four and a half. Okay, yeah, I'm taking that every, every which way. That's a game that I see a lot uh, very similarly to the Eagles and Commanders. Um, yeah as difference of of talent even though i think the colts are way better than the commanders 
Last uh, last last point of note here: uh, Willie Gay is serving a four game suspension, the first of which is this week. Um, so we will probably see from Spags a decent bit of nickel with Brian Cook in the in the nickelback spot against a run, and also Leo Chanel having a real opportunity here to show everybody the violence and and speed that he was talking about bringing to the field in a game where the, the script, frankly, is probably going to be extremely run heavy uh, from the Colts. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs are still down Trent McDuffie, but Legereus Sneed on Michael Pittman and Rashad Fenton on Alec Pierce is a tip scale as well, as far as I'm concerned, just in terms of experience and ability. Matt Ryan looks like dog shit right now. Uh, moving on to the Detroit Dan Campbells, the covering Lions visiting the Minnesota Vikings at six and a half point dogs, plus 225 on the money line, 51 and a half points in this ball game. Now, I believe that the Lions have scored. They put up 35 against the Birds and then 38 last week. Yeah. So they've scored 73 points. That's nuts. That's nuts. This team can play, and this could be a fucking shootout. It's not It's not the Lions of old. The NFC North is on its head. I. The Vikings are my favorite for winning this division, but I think that the Detroit Lions are going to have their nose in everybody's business all year long. After last week, 13-6 and six is Dan Campbell's record against the spread as the head coach of the Lions. Six and a half points. How confident do you feel in that against the against the Vikes? Pretty damn confident. Um, mainly because, and I don't know if I would have been as confident had the Eagles not had their way with the Vikings. Uh, obviously, you would expect Kevin, is it Kevin O'Connell? The, yeah. You'd expect him to make the adjustment into this week and obviously show who the better team is, which on paper is absolutely the Minnesota Vikings. But right. with that record coming from Dan Campbell, uh, I'm not confident enough to take Lions at money line, but I would absolutely take the Lions with the spread here. They play scrappy ball. There is a lot of conviction in, in the game that they play. Uh, and so they, they play hard-nosed football exactly the way you would expect a Dan Campbell coach team to play. Uh, but on top of that, the Vikings look very bland defensively. And uh, although Jared Goff is pretty bland as a quarterback, uh, the things that the Lions have Watch done your so mouth. far. Hey, the things that the Lions have done so far offensively uh, with the point output that you just mentioned, I think speaks to a uh, very inspired team, a good amount of scheming and a good amount of, of game planning, um, especially when you get guys just to win matchups and you have a guy like DeAndre Swift in the backfield. And then when he takes his, you know, inevitable rest because he's not going to you know pound the rock all game you got a guy like jamal williams who's just a absolute professional uh and so the lions have a lot of stuff going for them the vikings have a lot of things that they need to probably revisit after last week um pretty crazy to see like justin jefferson go from doing anything he wanted to to the packers to surprisingly very surprisingly not doing that against the eagles defense which typically has been tough that was a darius slay game he made it the yeah. Darius Slate game. It wasn't the Justin yeah. Jefferson game that everybody expected. And so uh, the Vikings have a lot of questions to answer this week. And the Lions have answered a lot of questions so far in the two weeks we've seen. So I expect them to cover the spread. It's going to be another good game. Um, I'm not sure who wins this one. It's a little bit of a, of a coin flip for me. But with six and a half points, um, the Lions are in a good position to cover again under Dan Campbell. Yeah, my uh, if we were going to make a fantasy point here, I like starting DJ Chark today. He's been under the radar, and this really does have all the makings of being a true gunsling and shootout here. And I like DJ Chark finally making his name in Detroit this week. Uh, the running backs obviously were phenomenal last week. 
against the Commanders. And that is maybe the one knock that we have here is that they've played two NFC East teams. The Birds are for real. The Birds are 2-0 and and the Birds are fucking for real. We've had money on them to win the East since March. But the Commanders suck. The Birds do not suck. They enticed a shootout, and Jared Goff and co. could keep up. I do like them covering a touchdown. I do like DJ Chark finding the promised land. Let's go, Lions. Let's go, Lions. Birds at Commanders. Eagles, six favorites on the road. 47 and a half is the total. How do you feel about something here, Ayers? Is this- Are we back? We're back. I froze. How we feel about what? You think this is just straight up? Oh, you're blowout airs. Hold on. In Washington. Forty-seven and a half. This is either going to be a bloodbath in favor of Philadelphia, or it's going to be a tougher game than we think. How do you actually feel about it, Alex? <laughs> feel pretty good about it. Um, I don't think I don't think the Eagles uh, are going to do much different than what they had last week. The Eagles. If there's one thing that I've been happy to be right about uh, so far this season, it's that the birds look pretty damn good. They're cooking, and so uh, with with the with the Commanders. You know, you've got Carson Wentz, and so I expect Philly to travel pretty damn well. I expect Dallas Goddard to be a guy that finds the end zone, and so if you have him in any fantasy uh, matchups or any props, definitely highlight him. But just expect more of the same. Expect more Eagles figuring it out and trying to see what that new age uh, Jalen Hurts looks like. They're going to test some stuff. Uh, it looks like the the Red or the uh, Commanders are pretty shorthanded. Um, they're going to be down Chase Ruye, and they're going to be down um, probably some guys. I think they're down in the defensive side. I, I'm, I'm forgetting some names, but um, they, they to me, I don't think they have the juice to protect the Eagles' front seven, nor protect a lot of the new stuff that the Eagles will show them um, this week. I'm trying to pull up this uh, commander's injury report, see how bad it just is. Um, two defensive linemen out. Cam Curl getting the start for the Commanders. He's no slouch. So he's he's a guy that I think is going to produce for the Commanders for sure. Okay, uh, we're missing Casey Tuhill and Daniel Wise on the Washington side. And then David Mayo and James Smith-Williams are both questionable heading into the game. Okay, so they're actually healthier than I thought they would be on the defensive side of the ball. With that being said, Jameen Davis gets lost at the linebacker position, and, and Holcomb's a guy that's that's good, but I don't think he's got what it takes to compete with the running side of the ball. you got to think about Jalen Hurts as a fourth running back here, um, but also compete with you know the seam routes that A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Devontae Smith are going to challenge the linebackers to cover. So uh, I expect the Eagles to cover. Uh, I expect that to, for them to continue, you know, learning where they're at uh, in the NFC. 
but today they get a chance to, you know, make a statement in the NFC East and, and pretty excited for them to do so because they've been looking damn good. So absolutely no disrespect to those birds because I fucking love them. I just first game at home, man. I mean, not at home first game in division, you know, what really matters. I just, you know, we, I mentioned a potential trap game with the chiefs. I don't like betting on the commanders here, but I also don't like betting on the Eagles to win by six. So I personally am fine with staying away with this. I think there's a lot safer plays here on this slate. Um, If I was going to go here, I would probably say under 47 and a half. I think that the Redskins are going to make, they're going to, it's going to be an NFC East game and we just know how these go. Yeah. Just know how these go. I'm not too confident on the under, but I do think it might be a closer game than the books think because uh, while Justin Jefferson's insanely good and, uh, and he was a guy that the Eagles obviously keyed on last week, the, the commanders have shown that they've got three guys uh, that can pass, you know, catch the ball um, and, and really make stuff happen in Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, uh, and Terry McLaurin, of course. So uh, with that being said, it's, it's tough to see, you know, the Eagles get tested again in the defensive backfield uh, because they're going to have a lot more than just one playmaker to worry about. I feel like this game has like scoregami potential all over it. 25-21 is what my heart says. Moving on to the next game in the morning slate. A couple left here. Raiders at Titans. The loser goes home game. Both of these teams are 0-2. Both of them were in a position where it seemed like if we're not making it to the championship game, this game's this season's a loss. I mean, the Titans have been so relevant for so long right now. They were the one seed in last year's playoffs. And here they are, one-and-a-half-point dogs against the Raiders at home in week three of the 2022 season. Yeah. The Raiders are yet to live up to it. I mean, Devontae Adams getting crazy targets. He's doing exactly what I said that he would. He's making up for Derek Carr's dog shit quarterback play. He's hauling in balls that Hunter Renfro simply can't reach. Uh, Darren Waller got involved last week. Josh Jacobs still is doing what Josh Jacobs does, and that defense is – definitely serviceable. I mean, they played a tight one against the Chargers and then they just absolutely crumbled and and let Kyler Murray do his thing, um, his video game joystick bullshit last week, which was a crazy one. And that was that was our game last week. And I took the Cardinals, he took the Raiders. So I am 2-0 in those games. I had the Saints over the Falcons in week one. Uh, if you like these uh, big dick picks, your winner's over on the, the left side of your screen if you want to keep track of that. But <laughs> – this week, I really do. I really do like the Raiders coming out and kind of putting on display what this team's actually capable of. Agreed. Yeah, I think you know Derrick Henry's probably going to find his footing a little bit more, but uh, it's a Titans team that's still and and will be finding their offensive identity for a while. Um, I think they're starting to realize that when you have AJ Brown, it does take away a lot of what the defense has to worry about. Uh, or, or it takes away a lot of their ability to worry about one thing or the other. Traylon Burks and the rest of the guys catching balls out there in Tennessee are just not at that level yet. And so it's a little bit easier to stack the box. And and I think, you know, the Raiders, they've, they've beefed up on both fronts, offensively and defensively this year. Uh, and, you know, typically uh, McDaniels and Vrabel are both Belichick guys. Uh, but But typically I would say, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I'm going to give the edge to McDaniel. Um, and I think, you know, both of them are going to be playing very motivated football. I just think the Raiders are in better position to get a win this week. 
Absolutely. And yet another one, however, that I don't love because Vegas always knows more than I do. One and a half. They wouldn't make it a pick them, but it's a tight one expected. 40 half, 45 and a half low scoring. If I was going to do anything, I would take the over just because I think that if this is going to be a Raiders team that does like put it on display, they can score 30 points today. Absolutely. That that Titan secondary is pretty ho-hum and i think that Devonte adams hunter renfro and darren waller can eat now this is one we get back into some confident betting here i like this is my favorite dog of the week the chicago or the houston texans at the chicago bears we got the texans plus three plus 142 on the money line over under 39 and a half welcome to the damian purse show yeah big time vibes on damian pierce this week i've got him starting in three different leagues I just the way that the way that Aaron Jones manhandled that Bears front on Sunday night football last week. I just think that this is this is the time for Damian Pierce. Yeah. No, and and you know what? They Damian gave him Pierce. quite did, did they not give him the line? I do believe yeah. that. I think that <laughs> I think that this is this is the big one. They gave him the lion's share of the of the carries last week, did they not? Yeah, I mean, it's him against Rex Burkhead. It was only a matter of time until he became right. the clear favorite for Lovey. So, I, yeah, I think uh, Davis Mills is is Davis fucking Mills, man. He's competitive. He's He gets it done. Right now, actually, here you go. Gun to your head. You have to choose to move forward for the next three years. Davis Mills or Justin Fields, who are you taking? Well, you know this much. I mean, I'm much. I'm a much bigger Justin Fields guy than you are. Physical ability, I think he's got uh, way more on every every attribute uh, than Davis except Miller. for the fact that he gets to pass the ball 11 times against the Packers. The Once fucking again, organization I mean, has no faith in him. Where do you come up with this confidence? Well, because I, you know, just watching Justin Fields, the dude's the dude's good. He can make a read. He can read. You can go. He was go good at Ohio State, man. He owned the big yeah, time. I'm saying, and and so what I'm saying is, is that even Davis Mills has a better supporting staff, has has more stability, um, with with play calling and whatnot. Is this not Davis Mills' second year in the same offense? Yeah. So you've got to recognize. Okay, yeah, continuity. Sure, sure. You've sure. got to recognize certain things that just aren't going to play well for a young quarterback, and and they're not going to show up well. I mean, as much as we can be down on Justin Fields, we can be down on Trevor Lawrence as well. Um, and Which and. I am. and both, both guys, yeah, both guys have shown Aaron throws. Both guys have shown the ability not, you know, to, to read NFL level and speed defenses. But uh, that's simple. That's an easy pick for me. Uh, Justin Fields, for sure. It just hasn't played out that way for him. And, you know, the Bears go out, they draft Belis Jones. And so uh, Ryan Pohl so far not so good at supplying a quarterback with something that he needs to be successful as a quarterback. And when we're only calling X amount of play calls um, – to pass, um, you know, maybe it is because of something that they see in in practice, but nobody's going to have the ability to actually say that this is, you know, statistically where we're at. Um, at some point, you know, Justin Fields is going to have to have that experience. He's going to have to throw the ball enough to realize whether or not he's the quarterback for the Bears or not. And if he's not the quarterback for the Bears, I think everybody in the league would be more than happy to take him as a reclamation pro project because he's got the tools. Uh, as far as today's game goes, Though uh, there's a lot more, like I said, there's a lot more stability with those Houston Texans. Um, but I think the Bears might be fired up to win this game. And, uh, 
you know, the Texans have won a one that they, they were not supposed to win against the Colts. Um, and the Texans are still the Texans. You know, I think they drafted very well. Uh, they really had a very complete draft at all levels of their, of their team. Uh, so it was good to see the Texans get players like Damian Pierce and, and other folks that like Jalen Petrie and Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley that will pick off at least one of Justin Fields' seven passing attempts today. We'll see. But I, I do think that the, the Bears get back. I, I like them as as underdogs in this game. Ah! Yeah. Wait, wait. Well, the Texans are dogs. The Texans are the dogs. The Bears are favored at home. Bears are three-point favorites. Three. So I, I'm just saying, I'll say this. I'll say this. This is my last effort to try to convince you because I really want the Texans money line here. These Texans kept Russell Wilson in that shitty Broncos offense to 19 points last week. Yeah, They kept the Colts to 20 points. They've allowed only 39 points through two weeks. Okay? They've only <laughs> scored 36. The offense isn't flashy. That's why I'm bounding the table for Damian Pierce today. But – if this T, if this Texans defense with Derek Stingley and the, and the likes of him can go out and manage a shitty offense, we're talking about how shitty the Bears' offense is. There's no continuity. There's 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 struggles for for Justin Fields to grow through and everything. Russell Wilson is still way fucking better than Justin Fields, and the Texans managed to keep that shit storm to 19 points. I think you're seeing 11 points out of the fucking Bears today, and the Texans win this shit outright. See, I think those are rosy glasses. I mean, just look at those offenses and how they've performed this year. The Broncos and the Colts, we've talked about them. They've showed up and they've not been. What have the Bears done? Much. Well, I'm saying, yeah, no, the Bears haven't done much either. But um, what I'm saying is, is that I think the Bears have the opportunity to actually face, you know, a team that they could be in, in the same area with. I'm, All I'm right, it stays it. off. It stays off. Right. God I'm damn not it. taking Texans height. Okay, fine. Bengals at Jets. Are the Bengals the Bengals anymore? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We know nothing. They're, they're six and a half point favorites and, in and, New and York. 45 and a half points. Okay. Once again, circling back to the front, what does 2 and 0 mean? What does 0 and 2 mean? What does any of the first five weeks of the season mean? Jack fucking shit. The Bengals right. look terrible. The offensive line that was supposed to be the savior of, of their future is garbage. They are getting dominated. What they have in their back pocket here today, what they have working positively for them is that Micah Parsons does not play for the Jets. Yeah. You but still have to deal with Jermaine Johnson, and you still have to deal with Mekhi Becton. It's not bad. The Jets are pretty fucking nice, but are they better than the Bengals? I don't think they're better than the Bengals, but this is the exact type of game that I'd expect some funny shit to go off of. I think the Bengals the win this game. The but Jets absolutely fucked us last week, by the way. We had yeah. Browns minus six and a half, and they were up by 14 with less than five minutes to play, and the Browns blew it. They got Joe Flacco. And then the Bengals turned around. They were the second leg that we lost as a money line pick against the fucking Cowboys. Without I, I expect the Bengals to win this one, but I would not be surprised to see the Jets cover, make it interesting. Um, the Bengals, man, they're, they may not make playoffs. They really might not. It's the Ravens, dude. The Ravens run that division, and there's too much talent sprinkled throughout the rest of the AFC for there to be two teams to come out of the AFC North. It will not happen. Yeah. It will not happen. I don't want to bet on this game either. If I was going to say anything, I would go over 45 and a half. 
because Joe Burrow has to be ready to make a connection with these receivers. They're all healthy. There was the concussion stuff after week one. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd are all gung-ho, ready to move forward. And, I mean, Joe Mixon has looked nice. If that offensive line can just get a grip for one week against a team like the Jets, yeah. the Bengals should absolutely mollywop the Jets. But they won't, and we're not going to bet on it because I'm also not going to bet on the Jets. I yes. refuse to do it. That's right. I refuse to do it. Jags at Chargers. Chargers minus three and a half, 42 and a half points. <sighs> you, want talk about, you want to talk about trap games. You may not have Herbert. We don't know yet for sure. Trevor Lawrence put up 24 points in a shutout against the division rival Colts last week, although the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2013, and you can say whatever you want about that. You want to talk about a trap game. I like the Jags here. Yeah. Especially if Chase Daniel's playing. I mean, if, if Chase Daniel's playing, Austin Eckler in your fantasy lineup is fucking awesome. Yeah. But, boy, just how know, Just know this much, and this is a, a Sunday slate uh, perk, that the Chargers are erring on the side of caution. They know what they have in Justin Herbert. They know Why how put them out against Herbert. the Jags? Why put them out against the Jags? You've shown up well against the Chiefs. Go lick your wounds. Get better for next matchup. I would really hope to see Chase Daniel here, and that you could beat the books to the injury report right now. Uh, go and grab your Jags money line bet. Uh, if Chase Daniel starts this game, I'm taking the Jags very, very easily. Okay, so they're three and a half point dogs. How do you like them covering that? Regardless, the defense looks good, dude. Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker are good. I'm comfy with doing it. They have I'm a they have good. a serious combo in running backs with. ETN and James Robinson. I mean, yeah. the Jags. I wanted Christian them. Kirk, I wanted them to be frisky. Christian Kirk has been phenomenal. I wanted them to be frisky. They are frisky. The Chargers. I mean, this is like this is the exact script of how this shit's supposed to go, right? The AFC West has all the hype in the world. Oh my God, the Broncos and Russell Wilson stink. The Raiders are zero and two. The Chiefs edge out the Chargers. They're two and zero, still atop to begin. When things mean nothing, the Chiefs advance to three and zero this week. The Chargers fall back to one and two. The world is in shambles. What's happening in this AFC West? And then we'll get done with Week Three, and reality will start to sink in. Yeah, this Chargers schedule is a joke for the next six weeks, including today. But I do like the Jags straight up plus one sixty four against the Chargers today. I'll take it. All right, we're sprinkling that in. Next, Falcons at Seahawks. Bad birds against worse birds. Seahawks, one-point favorite at home, 43-and-a-half. Holy birds. The only thing I like here is playing Drake London in your lineup because he's been the man out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I've really – because this is what – uh, this is one-point difference. They're yeah. Giving, they're giving the Seahawks a point. Yeah. Let's take Falcons money line. I mean, I'm fine with betting against the Seahawks. Gino is the most un- that was the most unenthusiastic follow up to Week One that you could have possibly imagined was them against yeah. the Niners. The Falcons it's defense a- is still a work in project, but in progress. But even if Gino's cooking, what does that mean? Cue up Dennis Allen or cue up what? Who, who was our coach for the Cardinals? He is who we thought they were. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Yes. And the Seahawks, we thought they were going to suck. It's time for them to suck. The Falcons aren't going 0-17 this year. Let's grab yeah. a W. Two dogs, back-to-back. Yeah. Back. And this Go is how Falcons. tight this one is. Falcons as underdogs, 
is minus 102. We still like those odds. That's a that's a good value bet for the boys. Yeah. Atlanta minus 102 over the Hawks. All right, and that was the second game of our afternoon slate, beginning with the Chargers and the Jags. Now the Bucks hosting the Pack. One point favorites, 41 and a half. No Mike Evans. I believe that Sammy Watkins is on the IR. So there's not a lot of receiving threats, but like, you know, the Bucks spent money on Russell Gage this year. He's found the end zone already. Um, You know, Scotty Miller's still in town. Lenny's still the man. Um, Tom fucking Brady is yet to show up as Tom Brady. And the Packers, dude, ah, 41 and a half is such a crazy number for this game. Yeah, no, I'd expect it to go over. You would. You would. How do you do you like that? Truly? What's your final score? What's you you see, oh, Packers at, at Bucks. What's the score in your head right now? Bucks win by four. It's it's 28-24. Okay, fine. Let's take that over. Let's take that over. Over 41. We have two overs 41. We're calling Vegas on their bullshit. The Saints and the car or the Saints and the Panthers are going over 41 and a half. And the pack. And the Bucks are going over 41 and a half. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay. So with the Falcons money line, woof, we're settled in. Woof. Okay. Let's just work through this thing and make sure there's nothing we're missing. Rams at Cardinals. Rams are three and a half point favorites on the road, 48 and a half points. I think that this is probably just right. I think the Rams win by three to five points. They're yeah. better than the Cardinals, but the Cardinals can hang around and compete. I expect them to cover. I think the Cardinals are a bit fraudulent. Uh, I don't. I don't like the Cardinals at all. Uh, when you got a guy, especially not until D hops back, right? Well, and and also you've got the advantage of knowing that a certain somebody doesn't watch film, and when that happens, uh, and you've got another certain coach who is very innovative. Is very you know he tries to take any bit of of advantage that you try to give him. And Sean McVay, um, you know, I just think it. it we side with the Rams. We hope, you know, Stafford's feeling a little bit better. Um, yeah. We hope, you know, the Rams just become the Rams, and and, and they are the Rams, and um, they show up good against the Cardinals. I think, you know, the Cardinals, <laughs> they're going to give you the big, you know, razzle-dazzle win and OT, and they'll excite the fans and stuff like that. But the, the Cardinals are the Cardinals, man. Like, they – it's Cliff Kingsbury, you know. Like, it's not – it's it, it, it's just two different stratospheres in, in my right. mind of – of not only, you know, there's a lot of good stuff within the Cardinals roster, but coach and then top to bottom roster, you know, Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey's going to play just f- mean football today. Yeah. And so expect, you know, have his Rams, way with Greg Dorch, you know, and I think, he, I think the Rams definitely get a turnover. They win the turnover battle and it, it leads to them winning the game. So not too much analysis there. James Conner touchdown train continues fourth. That's how they score. Niners at Broncos. Niners are one point favorites. See, this is where shit gets hairy for me. Yeah, I'm going. Broncos. Is it time? Is it time for the Broncos to be the Broncos, or are the Niners just that much better than them? We're talking about a Denver team. I sent you that article from our boy Solak. He went deep on how shitty that show actually is. Yeah. New head coach that doesn't know how to even call plays or manage a clock. Can't send out the punt team or the field goal team fast enough. A new OC, a new DC, a new quarterback. 
You are the biggest continuity guy that I know. There is none in Denver. There is all of it in San Fran. They're on the road in Denver. The Broncos have to click eventually. I'm not ready to say that it's this week. I'm not ready to say that it's this week either. I mean, you you think about the mismanaged timeout situation, and it's like, okay, who the who gave this dude the keys? You know, um, we don't even need to talk about hiring practices in the NFL and and what that looks like. It's just, it's baffling. You know, it, it's yeah. it's baffling that if a position as big as a NFL head coach was used as a bargaining chip to try and get a guy like Aaron Rodgers to Denver, and it just doesn't work. And you go to show how silly and goofy a lot of these big time organizations show up as because they don't you know it's it's millions and millions of dollars that they're throwing around to show up oh and two or one and one and 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 have a you know to show up on the manning cast and have everybody on the manning cast go what's going on here i mean that is as embarrassing as drafting jalen rager and nationally broadcasting everybody laughing at the fact that you skipped over justin jefferson it's embarrassing you know especially in a primetime game and so i'm with you there it it's kind of shocking and immediately you want to take the Broncos. Uh, but then you start to think about it a little bit more and you start to realize, you know what? Shanahan's been in the mix, man. He's going to know how to manage this game. Edge goes to the Niners. He went uh, to a Super Bowl with the guy that's playing quarterback for them. Exactly. And then you also think about, hey, what's the offensive makeup? For Bron- for the Broncos, we don't really know. But for, for the Niners, man, it's going to be Jeff Wilson. It could be, you know, it could be Rebel Wilson. It doesn't matter. They're going to put someone back there and they're going to run the fucking rock. And so uh, with the Niners, I expect them to stick to the script, be who they are and continue, you know, making that West a little bit interesting uh, on the NFC side. And in the AFC side, man, the Broncos, you know, you got the NFL's most corny. You've got a really interesting head coach that I think is probably already on the hot seat with some of the stuff that he's pulled. Um, I mean, you had a lot of people, a lot of people calling Brandon Staley into question for some of his tactics uh, in his first year. And we started early with Hackett. So I don't, you know, I don't want to hear any excuses or anything like that. I actually think Brandon Staley is a great coach and he does make some questionable calls. But some of the stuff we've seen from Hackett is concerning uh, at the very least. And so I'm with you here. My favorite thing uh, about this game is start Cordland Sutton last week. And although it was a complete dumpster fire against the Texans, Russ and Cortland Sutton connected for over half of all of the air production in Denver. I think mm-hmm. that is the first thing, the first legs to get moving for the Broncos. Once those legs are moving, other things can come into play. Javante can start being Javante. That yeah. stack with Melvin is still nice. Jerry Judy will get in the mix. I'd love playing Cortland Sutton here. Lastly, to Monday Night Football, real quick, Cowboys at Giants. Giants are favored by 139 and a half. I like the Giants. I like the over. <laughs> I really do like the Giants, and I really do like the over. I think, you know, they're another team playing very inspired football. They're getting a lot of payoffs, and so it's got to feel good to be a Giant unless your name's Kenny Galladay or Darius Toney. Um, with that being said, you know, the Cowboys, there's a little bit more Cooper Rush film to go off of. Um, there's, you know, outside of that, you know, you really need the Cowboys to show up like they did last year and just let the defensive side of the ball take over. Uh, I just think, you know, with Dabble and some of the stuff they've gotten over going on over there in New York, uh, if this game's in Dallas, it's a different story, but it's in, it's in New York. The, the Giants are playing good football. The Cowboys, man, I don't know what they're doing. They're going to rush Dak back just to sell tickets, and it's going to be real sad. Uh, yeah, even well, as an- yeah. The New York Giants have one of the most prideful fan bases 
yeah. in in football. Like just for the history, they talk about it being like the Giants are the class of the league, and the Giants have sucked for fifteen plus years. So like that energy still exists. The Giants are two and zero. We already talked about what NFC East games typically look like, and I like this one to be a bruiser, and I like Saquon to still be the star of the show and Daniel Jones just to be serviceable as he is. Um, that wraps up the week three slate. Our six picks over 41 and a half in the saints versus Panthers chiefs minus four and a half over the Colts lions plus six and a half against the skull Vikes Jags money line against the chargers plus plus one sixty four. Packers, Bucks over 41 and a half, and Falcons money line over the Seahawks. If you choose to dabble in the weekly parlay, you would get plus 6618 odds, $10, which would win you $660.18. As singles, I truly do like these all this week, even better than we did last week, especially knowing what we know now. Godspeed, hey, ladies and gentlemen. We too are getting our offense and defense in line this year. So stay with us, be patient, and maybe win 600 bucks off of 10 this week. <laughs> Peace. Peace. All right, dude.